I've never got over that. I am not under the bondage of sin anymore. I'm still amazed that Jesus would pay a debt I could not afford. I've never got past that. I'm free at last from the sin that made me a slave. I still feel as much as when He first touched me. Oh, yes. I'm still amazed, I'm amazed to know how far God would go to set a lost man free. I'm still in awe that He gave it all for an old sinner like me. I've never got over that this King would shoulder my sin with all its disgrace. Yes, Calvary's Hill still gives me a thrill, oh yes, I'm still amazed. Amazed this stranger would accept a manger in trade for a kingly throne. I'm still at a loss, why'd he take the cross instead of the streets of your He's the only king who gave everything in exchange for a cold, dark grave. I still love to ponder this God-given wonder, oh yes, I'm still amazed. I'm amazed to know how far God would go to set a lost man free. I'm still in awe that He gave it all for an old sinner like me. I've never got over that this King would shoulder my sin with all its disgrace. Yes, Calvary's Hill still gives me a thrill, oh yes, I'm still amazed. I've never got over that this King would shoulder my sin with all its disgrace. Yes, Calvary's Hill still gives me a thrill. Oh, yes, I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed. Amen. I hope you haven't gotten over the fact that you are saved. It was an amazing, amazing thing that God would save any of us. Hope you never... Never lose the wonder of that. But go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 14 this morning. We are going to pick up from where we left off two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, uh, we kind of preached verses 1 through 12 and just kind of a basic summary of that message. Um, we see in there that pretty much the Lord wants you not to be going around judging His servants. Okay, This happens in churches pretty regularly. People... They start learning things, and maybe the Lord deals with them about something. They get something right in their life, and then they want everybody else to do the same thing too. And if everybody doesn't do exactly what they do, they get real critical. And that happens. You get a critical spirit in the church, a critical attitude, and you go around judging everybody. And listen, you are not each other's servants. Okay, You are God's servants, and God can deal with His own. And we ended it in verse 12 where it said that we're all, or every one of us, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Okay? So don't waste a whole lot of time worrying about what your brother and sister in Christ are doing because 
you are not going to give an account for them. You're going to give an account of yourself. So worry about yourself. And we talked about a lot of the different things that people do get caught up into. And people, they need to just mind their own business, don't they? People need to mind their own business. And, but at the same time, when we get to 13, it kind of shifts gears here a little bit. And while it is important that everyone minds their own business, while it's important that everyone understands that, you know, we are God's servants, not, you know, your servants, we do as believers need to be careful about the things that we do in our life and how they will be perceived by other people. We don't want to be an offense to other people. Yes, other people should mind their own business, but do other people always mind their own business? No. And do we want to offend them because they don't mind their own business? No, we shouldn't want to offend them. We ought to be concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to not, we ought to want to set a good example. We shouldn't want to trip them up. We ought to want to make it easy for them. And so there are some things that we do need to watch out for that we need to be careful with. And once again, don't get to thinking about everybody else in this. You need to think about yourself. Let's start reading. And we'll start reading verse 13. And it says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Okay, now we all love the verses that tell people not to judge, okay, because we don't want anybody critiquing what we do. You know, we love, judge not, lest ye be judged. We love that verse. We don't want anybody judging us, but the truth is, there are some things we're supposed to judge. And notice how it says here, it says, judge this. And that's the title of my message, you know, judge this. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I want you all to judge this morning what you're doing in your life. Is this, could what I'm doing be a stumbling block? Could what I do trip somebody up? God doesn't want us judging other people's actions. But He does want us to judge whether or not our actions could be offensive to someone. Okay, now and I'm not telling you we all got to go and get all politically correct. You know, nowadays it's hard, isn't it? Literally, people are offended by everything. I mean, half of what's on the news anymore is who got offended by something, and it's like you know, it's almost impossible not to offend anybody. And we don't, you know, and I don't believe this is talking about being politically correct or anything. But I believe it is talking about something very specific. And I, but I also believe that there are some things that we can apply to many things in our life here. And so first thing we need to realize, sometimes our liberty that we have as Christians, it can be an offense to those that are still in bondage. Look at, uh, keep your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter, or Romans chapter 14, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll be going to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 a couple times. But verse 9, notice what it says. It says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Okay? As Christians, we have liberty. You know, what does that mean? We're not going to talk a whole lot about liberty today. But did you know, if, as a Christian, we have the freedom, we have the liberty that even if we sin, we're not going to go to hell. Now, that's, that's exciting, isn't it? Now, does that mean that we should sin? Does that mean that God is okay with us sinning? Obviously not. But here's the thing. If we do sin, the Bible says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. 
the righteous. There are some things that in this country, if you do, you know, we don't have liberty in those areas. You know, you break certain laws, you're going to prison, you'll you'll lose freedoms and things that you have. But as Christians, we don't have to worry about losing our salvation. That's exciting, but yet we shouldn't go around sinning. You know, we shouldn't take advantage of the grace of God. But also, not even just that. I don't believe we're getting any. I don't believe we have liberty to sin. We, but at the same time, I believe what this is talking about is there are some things that we can do that clearly are not sins. That for other people who are in bondage, they're going to look at that and think, "Wait a minute, why are they?" not doing this? Or why are they doing those things? And and some examples, I guess, where I believe God's given us liberty that may be offensive to other people is what we eat. Specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and in Romans chapter 14, it's talking about what we eat. It's talking about eating meat sacrificed to idols. And what we eat okay, could be an offensive to some. You've got the Jewish people that don't eat pork and the Muslims that don't eat pork. You've got you know the Hindus. We talked about them a little bit that they don't eat you know they don't eat any meat I believe, and there are there are people out there there are cultures there are religions that look at people like us if they came to one of our Baptist fellowships that we had and saw all the food we ate and how much of it we ate and how much we were enjoying eating that food they would be disgusted by us. Have you ever been disgusted by somebody's eating habits and things you know you just went and. I mean, they're just eating like an animal. You know, you go and they got food all over their face and stuff, and you just get disgusted by that. And, you know, there, there are people that would be disgusted by how we eat because we eat anything. You know, they're disgusted by someone eating a pig, and it would bother them. There are people, and I know we're Baptists here, but there are people that are probably disgusted by our clothing and what we wear. I mean, think about it. You know, think you know the Amish. They're more conservative than we are, aren't they? The Mennonites, they're more modest than we are. I I worked with a Pentecostal guy. He did not believe in wearing short sleeve shirts. Always wore long sleeves. I remember he got married when I was working with him, and I noticed he didn't wear a wedding ring. And I asked him why they didn't. He didn't get a wedding ring. And he's like, we don't wear any type of jewelry. It's like your wife doesn't even wear a wedding ring. He said no. I said, why not? He said, we believe that identifies a Jezebel. Whoa, <laughs> pretty harsh, huh? I mean, that that y'all think I'm strict, you know? Go Pentecost, go to the Pentecostal church. Some of them, they're pretty, they're pretty strict. But you know, the fact that you know we wear rings and show our forearms and you know things like that might be offensive to some people. Now we know, now listen, what is a sin? The Bible says a sin is a transgression of the law. Is there anything in the law that says you can't show your forearms? Is there anything in the law that can't you know says you can't show below your knee? Uh, you know, is there anything in the law that says you can't wear any jewelry? No, it's not there. But you know what? The, many of these religions they are in bondage, aren't they? Many of these religions believe if you do some of these things that are not sins, that you're not saved or you can lose your salvation. These people are still in bondage, aren't they? And sometimes people they get saved out of that. They have Jesus Christ in their life, but they don't have liberty in Christ yet. You can be saved and you can lose your liberty. We'll, and we'll show some verses on that in a little bit. But you know, there are things that we can say that might be offensive. You know, there are people out there that they will use words that are in the Bible 
in ways that I think are that are offensive to many people. And they'll be like, well, it's, it's in the Bible. It's not a cuss word. Okay, but you know, do you really need to use that word in that way? I mean, okay, yeah, it's it's in the Bible. You know, there's the and I don't want to give examples, but you know, there's some phrases in the Bible that could easily be, you know, hey, that's in the Bible. It says it in the Bible. Yes, but that is going to be very offensive for you to say that to somebody in that way, and it's just not necessary. Okay, and yes, you might have liberty enough liberty in Christ where you can say those words freely and it not bother you, and you may not even be sinning, but you can be offensive to a weaker brother. You can be offensive to someone who's still in bondage. You know, even even many of the things that we do, you know, some of the, uh, you know, how we worship as a church. There are some religions that don't believe you should use instruments. They, they think everything a cappella. I mean, there there's you know, you, there's always somebody out there that's more strict than you are. You know, we all get all high and mighty about some of our standards and things we have sometimes. We think we're more holy than everybody else. But let me tell you, there's somebody out there that's more strict than you. And if you want to make it a contest, fine. Oh, you don't believe in instruments? Well, fine. I don't even believe in singing. Well, you know, we're getting out of line here, aren't we? You know what we're doing? We're pulling people into bondage when we do that. Okay? But there are some things that we can do sometimes that we have liberty as Christians. We can do those and we're not sinning, but other people, they don't have that same liberty. And if we're not careful, we can trip other people up from these things. And we need to be aware and we need to be careful though not to let others entangle us in the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. What was he talking about then? Well, one of the things that happened all the time in the early church back then, whenever Jewish people would get saved, many of them would try to bring their old Jewish customs and make them a part of religion. Tell people they had to be circumcised. Tell people that they they would tell people they had to keep the Sabbath. You know, we don't have to keep the Sabbath. We have that liberty. We don't we don't have to practice the circumcision. We don't have to do those things. We have liberty in Christ. And we need to be careful that we don't become one of these places that starts forcing all these things on people and basically stealing people's liberty. That they're afraid to do things that are not even sins because of what the church is going to think. Now they're not doing things for Christ anymore. They're doing it because of the peer pressure in the church. They're doing it because of the people in the church. And they are no longer just serving God anymore. They're serving man. And that's not what God wants. And so we've got to be careful about these things. But now go to uh, verse 14 in Romans chapter 14. And it says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Notice that. There's nothing unclean of itself. Paul is basically saying here that there's nothing that I'm not, that I'm not allowed to eat. I can eat anything. Paul realized that, you know what, because of where we are at, because of Jesus Christ fulfilling the law, I can eat anything I want. There is nothing that is unclean for me to eat. But yet, for a person who th- thinks it's unclean, it is unclean. And what's that? Jump down to verse 22. It says, Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself, and that 
thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So basically what we see here, if there is a... Okay, Paul was somebody who had liberty. He understood the Word of God. He had liberty in Christ. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And Paul knew in his heart that he could eat whatever he wanted and he was not displeasing God. He would not be sinning. Paul could sit down and he could have him a great big pulled pork sandwich with barbecue sauce and knew that he was not being offensive, that God was not displeased and he could enjoy it immensely. But there are some people, they don't have that knowledge. There are some people, maybe they have come from a religion of bondage and they're not sure. They don't know what the Scriptures say yet. They haven't learned. They don't have that liberty in Christ. And when, if they were to eat it, there's doubt in their heart. They don't know if God is pleased or displeased. And the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And that person could be sinning by eating that pork. He mentions too in 1 Corinthians, we'll look at that in a little bit. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about eating meat sacrificed to idols. And he says, we know that an idol is nothing. Okay, you know, if, if somebody's got a statue of Buddha, all right, okay, the Chinese, the Asian buffet there in town, it's got a big statue of Buddha in there, doesn't it? Now, I don't get offended by that statue. You know why? It's a statue, it's nothing. It has no power, it has no influence on my life. I don't, I don't walk by it and watch what I say because I don't want to offend Buddha. You know, I don't take my shoes off when I go in there, uh, you know, to eat. I don't, when I, I pray for my food, I go in there and I'm not praying to Buddha. I'm praying to God. I mean, it literally does nothing to me. But, there are some people that that may not be the case. There may be some people they came from, maybe they came from China and they used to worship Buddha. And for maybe they get saved, and for them going in that restaurant, it would be offensive because they don't—they're not sure yet. You know, they don't have that liberty yet. They're still maybe they've got a little bit of that bondage there. They're still saved, but it would—they might not be able to go in there and it not do anything to them. It not bother them at all. But for us, we know that an idol is nothing. And we could go there. I believe you can go to Asian Buffet this afternoon and you can go and eat all kinds of stuff. You could eat, you could eat their pork meat that they have there. You can be eating it in eyesight of the statue of Buddha right there. And you know what? You can even go eat that cat that they put in the stick there. I know that's cat there and it's good. And, and you're not sinning, okay? You're, you would not be sinning and doing that, but there's other people though that might be sinning. And the truth is too, as a Christian, if there was somebody here in this church, maybe we had some people that got saved out of Buddhism. It's possible that me going and eating in that Chinese restaurant could offend them. What he, Pastor Tommy's going into Asian buffet? They got a big Buddha idol in there. Well, listen, I know that an idol is nothing, but they don't know that yet, and so I should be aware of that. I need to be conscious of that. Now, I don't think there's anybody in Sterling right now that would get offended by seeing me go into Asian Buffet and eating. I really don't. And I'm enjoying my liberty and I'm going in there and I don't feel bad. I don't believe I'm sinning. But if I know that I've got a brother or sister that would be offended by that, I don't believe I should go there. Now, I like what it says in verse 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself. 
Okay? Now, if I've got faith that I'm okay doing that, you know, maybe if I'm on vacation somewhere, I could go sneak into a Chinese restaurant, you know, with a, you know, because I, I, I know I'm not sinning against God, but I don't want to offend somebody. And we do need to be aware of those things. And unfortunately, there are many things as Christians sometimes that we tend to stay away from. We tend to watch out for because we don't want to offend people. But then we start teaching people, no, this is a sin. This is wicked if you do that. But no, a sin is a transgression of the law. There's nothing in the law that says we can't do that. And people, it's important that we are accurate in how we term, you know, determine things and don't say eating at a restaurant with a statue of Buddha is evil. But, but say that, hey, you offending a brother or sister in Christ, that is wrong. And honestly, I, anybody, if you all get offended because I eat at a place that has a statue of Buddha, let me know. Okay? You're more important to me than eating Chinese food. Alright? I'll quit. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I've got enough liberty in Christ. I can go through life and not eat Chinese food. And I'll, I'll, I'll still be happy. Not as happy, but I'll still be happy. <laughs> but anyway. So, you know, if, you know, if, for example, you know, too, like, let's say that we want, there's a lot of Amish people around here. If we were to go win one of these Amish girls to Christ, and all of a sudden we're like, you know what? She needs to break those chains of bondage. We need to get her to stop dressing like an Amish person. But it's possible she could, if we got an Amish girl and she went into town dressed like my wife, she could be sinning. Now, I don't believe my wife is transgressing any laws in the way that she dresses, but for an Amish girl who's been taught you don't let anybody see your ankles, well, they might struggle with that. They might think they are sinning. If she went out and she's showing her forearms, she's, she's going to be nervous. And the truth is, if we win people to the Lord like that, we don't need to force these things on them. They're, they're not important. Did God command us to go out and show our forearms? No. He, he didn't command us to do those things. It's not that important. And what, But what we need to do is teach them what the Bible says. Teach them about the laws of God. And eventually they may come to that point in their life where they realize, hey, I'm not sinning if I do this. And the Lord will give them that liberty and she can lose her bonnet and show her forearms and be thrilled and know she's not sinning against God. But you know we don't need to try to force them to be exactly like us, to look exactly like us. You know, Just like it would be wrong for people of other religions to come in and try to make us conform to their traditions, it's wrong for us to try to force our traditions on people when they first get saved. That goes back to that being fully persuaded that we talked about two weeks ago. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own heart. It would be wrong for us to go and just try to force all these things on that literally they are there there's some things that are traditions. I can't show you from the Bible where the Apostle Paul wore a suit and tie like I wear. It's it's a tradition. I talked about that two weeks ago. And so I don't need to force that on somebody. I I can't show you where Peter's wife wore the same thing that my wife's wearing. You know, the things that we do, a lot of them are traditional, and as long as they're not violating anything that the scripture says. Okay, there are some things that the scripture says about clothing. First of all, you're supposed to be covered. All right, you got to wear clothes. You got to cover your nakedness. But then, second and second of all, you know, men wear men's clothes. Women wear women's clothes. I mean, you know, that's pretty pretty simple there. But when you start getting more specific than the Bible is specific, 
We're getting into traditions, aren't we? And the truth is, the Amish, they have their traditions. And what is wrong with how they dress? Are there, is there anything sinful about how they dress? Absolutely not. These Muslim women, the way they dress, is there anything sinful about how Muslim women dress? Okay? You got those ones that wear, they, the real hardcore ones that even cover their face, they wear all black head to toe, you can't even see their face. I've seen those before when I was in Jordan. It's kind of creepy, but it's not a sin. And the truth is, if we win them to Christ, we don't need to try to get them to lose their, what do they call it? Headgear? What do they call those? Uh, burqa. We don't need to make them lose their burqa. But eventually, I believe, as they learn the Bible and as they get liberty in Christ, they'll lose the burqa and they won't be sinning. Where right now, they might be because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But we need to wait until they are fully persuaded. Okay, Where they know between them and God, they've figured it out that hey, this is okay and they can do that and it's not about what everybody else thinks. Almost everything people do these days is based on what everybody else thinks. I mean, everything. All our clothing styles. I mean, you look at some of the just the hideous things that people wear. And it's like, why do they wear these things? Because everybody else is doing it. I mean, we all do. We all go back and we look at pictures from the 60s and 70s and and you look at the clothes you wore and you think that's just hideous. Why did I ever wear that? You did it because everybody else did. You wanted to look like everybody else. You wanted everybody else's approval. And so you wore those messed up outfits. You had those crazy hairdos. That's just kind of how we are. But you know what? God doesn't want us doing things because that's what everybody else does. He wants us just trying to please Him. And that that is the goal and that is the thing that we need to promote, not trying to just pass traditions on. See, we need to recognize the value of our brothers and sisters in Christ and be willing to do without something in order to help be an encouragement to someone who needs it. Look at verse 15. Okay, Be willing to do without something. Be willing to do without eating Chinese if necessary. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Okay, this is somebody Christ died for that person. Okay? Don't destroy them. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Once again, you're not doing anything bad. But don't let your good be evil spoken of. You know, we need to understand how things might be perceived by other people. We need to think about those things. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh or to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Notice how it says all things indeed are pure. Okay, people all the time. You can talk to them about maybe something they're doing. I can't find anything in the Bible that says you can't do that. Okay, but you know you're being offensive to people. You know what you're doing is offending people. And notice how it says all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eateth with offense. If you know you're offending someone, okay, if we have a, if we have that person in here that's still in bondage, maybe when it comes to Buddha, that they can't even bring themselves to go near a statue of Buddha, it would be wrong for me to say, hey, for lunch this afternoon, we're gonna all of us at the church, we're all gonna go eat at Asian buffet. I know that's going to offend them. 
I know that's going to bother that person, and so you know what? I shouldn't do it. You know, we are so selfish today. It's all about what we can do. You know, and it's like if if we have legal justification for it, we're all for it. But you know what? Why don't we think about how it affects other people? Why don't we be concerned about this person? This is somebody that Christ died for. Why would we want to be offensive to them? We ought to value that per we ought to value those people. And so we uh we need to recognize that. We shouldn't be controlled. Remember, you know, destroy not them for meat's sake. We ought we shouldn't be controlled by our appetite. Proverbs twenty three verse one says, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. And I believe what it's talking about here in Proverbs, you know, when you sit before a ruler, maybe he has you come before him and he's trying to win you over. He's trying to influence you. And he puts all this great food before you, saying, hey, you know, here's this great food. This is the kind of food you can eat if you join up with me. And man, you're just like, look, look at that food that he's got. I want some of that. And man, you're hungry, and you go and you compromise, and you go along with them just because of your appetite. The Bible says, put a knife to your throat before you do that. Hey, control your appetite. I do. I like Chinese food. Okay? But you know what? If I know I'm going to offend somebody with that, I ought to put a knife to my throat before I go and eat that. And I said, I don't think anybody, I can't think of anybody in here. Or in Sterling Rock Falls, it would be offended by me eating there. The Lord, has, the Holy Spirit, has not convicted me about it. I know that an idol is nothing. I got scripture. I think that I can I can justify it. And so, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. But if, if that day came, you know, would I be willing to give that up? I hope so. It's just food. It's just it's just a restaurant. You know, we there's uh, for example, you know, places with alcohol. Okay. I, I don't like going to those places. There's a lot of people that struggle with alcohol. There's people that are, you know, used to be alcoholics. Maybe used to go to that place and get drunk. And I don't, I don't want to go there to get drunk. I want to go there because I like the food. But you know what? If I know that could be an offense to someone, I shouldn't do it. I, I can go eat somewhere else. I don't think anybody gets offended by McDonald's. I'll, just, I'll eat at McDonald's. Hey, this life is not about what you eat. It's not about what you drink. It's not about an appetite. Hey, we're about you know we're about people. We're about helping people. And so I'm going to think I'm going to think about those things. I'm going to be concerned, and I'm not going to do anything that will be an offense to them. There are many people too. Uh, you know, for music, for example. Okay, music. You, you want to get a church fighting? Get you know, start talking about music and start getting on people's music. But let me tell you. I know that I believe there's good music and there's bad music, but certain music can do one thing for one person and another thing for another person. Okay? And somebody who maybe came from, maybe they they were big into the country music. Okay, and let's, some of that country music, I'm I'm sorry, it's bad. All right, it's really bad. The stuff they sing about the content, the music itself is not very good. Okay, and there are people that I have known that. Have they used to go to bars? They used to listen to all the country music, and then they go to these churches where they do the southern a lot of the southern gospel music that sounds a lot like country music, and they get offended by that. Now, listen, if there's somebody who's never been to the bars, they've never listened to secular country music, 
they grew up only listening to the southern gospel music, they're not thinking they're not thinking anything sensual when they listen to that. They're thinking about the actual message of that song. There are people that have taken secular songs and put Christian words to that. I don't think that's a good idea. Because people who know the secular words are going to be thinking about those words. Okay? But a person who only knows the Christian words, they're not going to be thinking about that. Okay? You see how, and so maybe me singing that song, while it will bless the heart of certain people who have never heard that, someone who maybe doesn't have liberty, somebody who maybe came out of that, it's going to bother them. It's going to be offensive to them. And I believe that's one of the reasons we need to be very careful with the kind of music that we have in church because there's all kinds of different backgrounds that people come from. Things affect people in different ways depending on what they've faced in their life. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be aware of those things. And yes, and, and you know, when it comes to Southern Gospel, there are preachers that get up and they just bash it. Southern Gospel, so the devil, it's just country music, you know, repackaged with Christian words. And listen, there are people that have never listened to country music that honestly, when they listen to that stuff, they're praising the Lord in their heart. And they are, I, I, I don't think I can tell you that they are sinning. Because I can't find in the Bible where it gives us guideline, you know, the actual guidelines for the music, the type of instruments we can use, how it's exactly supposed to sound. I think there's definitely principles there. But once again, what do we do? Well, we associate it with the world. But somebody who's never been in the world, how do they know that's like worldly music? See what I'm saying? And, you know, myself, for example, I have never voluntarily listened to rock music, country music. I've never turned it on the radio in my car. But unfortunately, I've worked places that play it. And so I do know a little bit of what it sounds like. And let me tell you, when I hear a lot of this Christian music that sounds like that worldly stuff, it bothers me. And I don't, I don't like it one bit. And that, but there could be a young person who's never heard that stuff that they're not sinning when they listen to it. And if I'm one of those people as a pastor, and I'm like, well, this doesn't offend me. This doesn't affect me negatively. That doesn't mean I should impose it all on all of you. If I think there's going to be something that's offensive to you all, I'm going to, I'm going to be careful with it. I'm going, to, I'm going to watch out for that. That is the attitude that we ought to have. We, we do not want our, our good to be evil spoken of. If I'm not sure, if I'm doubting, then I should just stay away from it. I shouldn't be involved in it. I shouldn't listen to it. And so, if my sin causes someone to be offended, I'll still go to heaven. But you know what? Other people might not. Go to First go to Corinthians chapter eight, real quick. Back to First Corinthians chapter eight. Look at what it says here. It says, "Now it's touching things offered unto idols. We all, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing." Yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we to him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things, and we by him. Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. 
For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee, which hast knowledge, sit at me in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? I mean, surely going and sitting in the temple with the idol and eating is a sin, right? Well, not according to this right here. But if that weaker brother sees that, it's an offense to them. Did you know I could go to one of these tongue-talking churches and I can sit in there and I could watch them speak in tongues and I could have a great time and I could have a great laugh from it. And you know what? Their doctrine's not going to affect me. It's not going to influence me one bit. I'm not going to sit there wondering, am I going to heaven because I've never spoken in tongues? I know what the Bible says. I have knowledge. I know what's going on there. And, But at the same time, there might be other people that struggle with that. They see me going in there. I'm kind of putting my stamp of approval on that place when I go in there. You see me going to a restaurant? He must like that restaurant. You see me going to, in to watch a movie somewhere? He must be okay with that movie. You see me going into a church? He must be okay with what's going on in that church. And the truth is, I might not be. But you see me there, that's how it's going to be perceived, and I need to be aware of that as someone who's trying to set an example, trying to make a difference. Verse 11, "...and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren..." And wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make thy brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. He's like, I'm not going to do that. He's like, if it's going to cause my brother to perish, if it's going to cause him to be offended, I'm not going to eat any meat. And I like, but I like what it says there in Romans. You know, if you have faith, you know, have it to yourself. Okay? If there's people out there you're trying to win and they're going to be offended by that hamburger, man, go drive to another town. And go get you a big steak somewhere, and you know, eat it. You know, go find a dark alley somewhere and eat it in your car. Right? You will not be sinning against God. You know, there are some things that maybe you just need to keep it to yourself. You know, there are there are some things you should just go and keep keep it between you and God. Okay, there are. We talked a few weeks a while back about dancing. Okay, you know, dancing has always been taboo amongst Baptists, yet at the same time we see dancing in the Bible. But the truth is, because of our culture today, if you got up in church and you started praying and you started dancing, you are going to offend somebody. I guarantee it. But there is appropriate dance that's worship to God. If you know what that is, if you know how to do it, if you have that liberty, go home, get alone, and go have a dance while you're praying to God. But don't don't do it here, you know. And and, you know, and what does what does everybody do too when it comes to their liberty? You know, people they're they're maybe they come from a church where they've been taught a lot of rules where everybody's really strict. And what do these people always do? You know, when they they grow up and they get on their own, they're always posting everything they do online. They post that liberty they have in Christ online. You know, they're always showing everybody everything I do, things they know that are offensive to people, and it's like they want to make sure the whole world sees it. Why? Why does the whole world need to see that? Why if you're so sure that that's okay, if you've got that faith, if you've got that liberty, why can't you just keep that between you and God? Why do you got to force that on the whole world? You know, it's why do I have to force my diet 
on the whole world? Why do I have to force my music that I listen to in the whole world? Why, why do I have to do that? But that's how people are. They're controlling. And things that we know can be offensive, they should be around, avoided around those who are weak and easily offended. Okay? And notice, a lot of times the people getting offended, they think they're the spiritual ones, don't they? Isn't that annoying? They think they're spiritual because they get offended by everything everybody does. You know what the Bible says? They're the weak ones. Okay? So just remember that. You get easily offended, you are weak. Okay? You're not strong. That doesn't mean you're spiritual. It means you're, it means you're weak. We need to remember that we have a ministry as ambassadors for Christ. We need to walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. We need to understand what we do and how it affects people. How we can be perceived. Said the words that we use. Okay? I don't, I don't need to go using the, the term hell in a bad way. There are people that they will see that as cussing. Okay? And, yeah, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't say hell. I mean, it's all over the place in the Bible, isn't it? There's all, but, the Bible says, you know, all things are lawful. Paul said that, but all things are not expedient. Not everything is profitable. There are some things that we could do where we would not be sinning, we would not be violating the law of God, but it would not be profitable for us. And I don't believe it would be profitable for us to bring in worldly music and uh, rock and country stuff. I don't think that would be profitable one bit, even if you can make the argument that it's lawful. I don't believe it would be expedient. I don't think it would be expedient for us to dress in a certain way. There are ways that you can dress where I would not be violating the law of God. I mean, as long as my nakedness is covered, as long as uh, you know I am uh, dressed like a man, then I'm fine, right? But... At the same, there are ways that I could dress that would be offensive. You know, if I came in here dressed like a gangbanger and I got my, you know, pants hanging down, and it's okay because my shirt's even longer and it's covering, you know, my backside. Am I violating a scriptural a command in the scripture that says you can't wear baggy pants? You know, obviously that's not in the Bible, is it? But that would be offensive to some people, wouldn't it? And so I probably shouldn't do that. I don't need to dress like dress like a gangbanger, even, you know. Uh, I'm not going to go into too many things, but you know, there's all kinds of things that yes, it's not violating anything in the Bible, but it's offensive. So we got to be aware of that. And it would be foolish for us to go to certain countries and do the same things that we do in America. Okay, not you know, in in America, we can get up and we can out in public, we can talk bad about our leaders, can't we? I don't like our president. I think he's a bad president. You know, blah blah blah. You know, we need to get a new governor. You know, he's he's terrible. We can say that and not go to jail, can't we? But you know what? In other countries, they don't have that liberty, do they? That you can't. If you got caught doing that, you gonna be you would be in trouble. Not every country has the liberties we do in America. And you know what? The world does not have the liberty that we do in Christ. They they can't. There are things that they can't do, and it not be a sin to them. There are some people who are newly saved that don't have knowledge yet. They don't. They've not gained that liberty in Christ. They're still entangled in the yoke of bondage, and it's important for them that they be fully persuaded in their own mind. And what all we need to worry about as Christians is, Lord, is what I am, am I is what I do okay with you? And then we need to judge this: is what I do. Am I causing another brother to be offended by this? Am I causing someone to stumble? And Lord, please don't let me do that. Lord, don't let me be an offense 
to Your children, to Your people, people that You died for. Lord, help me to set a good example because that, that ought to be our goal as Christians. This life, there's, there's a lot more to this life than meat and drink. And if we need to do without something in order to set a good example and to win more people to Christ, then let's just do without it. So, With that, let's all stand together.